0: Ladies and gentlemen, colleagues and friends, I would like to thank Eric and um, Josep to inviting me. And it has been an extremely smart agenda this morning because you heard 804.5 and fire 3 based on CMS. But you need to know CMS3 is driven by kVAS mutant and these are not included in FHIR3 and 80405, so to to look at the treatment options in the future for mutant VAS will become very important in addition to the analysis in wild-type. VAS is the most common oncogene and the most important in all cancers. Now we need to know that actually the hotspots in VAS depend on the cancer tissue specifics. So you see K-VAS mutation in pancreas, colon and lung, but you see N-VAS in melanoma and H-VAS in thyroid cancer and bladder cancer. And it's very important to know each of these hotspots in these oncogenes have differential transformative activity there are different, each one to each other, which makes treatments or developing a treatment against just vast mutation very complex. So my agenda for today is going to the mechanism of action of vast mutations, and I have to say I learned a lot. This is not an easy talk to prepare, and it was an exciting challenge by the Scientific Program Committee. I will show you the preclinical models Uh, the clinical trials ongoing, and interesting data on research, on biomarkers, and my view on how to treat mutant VAS. In 2013, the NIH initiated an NIH VAS initiative to really look at the development and discovery of small molecules that bind to VAS directly, which is very difficult, and to disrupt potential signaling downstream of VAS binding to the VAS binding proteins. Different systems and different research groups around the U.S. are involved in different assays to identify successful treatments. What has been actually not well understood is really the VAS raf signaling and how this can be interrupted. So a lot of structural um, um, research has been implemented within this initiative to better understand the protein-protein interaction and the complexity of these pathways. What is very important to know the RAS-protein only is active when it's in the plasma membrane. And to get there is not easy. It has actually post-translational modification a finalization and prenylation to be able to be in the plasma membrane and act as VAS. It then interacts with really the major interaction p- proteins, which are the VAV kinases. A-VARF, b and Siwaf, and only beyond that you have the most common downstream effector, which is MEC and Erk. A lot of progress has been made to really interfere with the location of the VAS protein in the membrane, the interaction of the VAS protein with the Vav kinases, as well as downstream inhibitors of the signaling pathways and i will show you some examples and some frustrations along the way to develop inhibitors it is very important to really focus and dial in into the major points of ras protein you see it is linked to receptor tyrosine kinase and then it is interacting with a um, gene called sos son of sevenless this is a key enzyme which actually activates the protein from GTP to GTP, which is the active form of Ras. A lot of attempts have been made to inhibit these interactions. But Ras protein is characterized by a lack of drug binding domains. That's the reason you don't see VAS inhibitors left and right. It's not easy to really do it, so attempts have been made to make inhibitors of the activation of the VAS protein to go to the plasma membrane, such as funnelase transfer inhibitors. But you also see the interaction of the VAS GTP with the VAS kinases. This is another major area of focus to interrupt this binding, in addition to the downstream signaling inhibitors. Don't even try to read. That is the complexity and the redundancy of vas signaling. That's the reason single-agent MAC inhibitors will not work, because this pathway can adapt very quickly. You see major effects. In the middle, the BRAF kinases. You already know the MAP kinase and the ERK. But you see next to it the VAR GTS. very important other targets, where actually inhibitors are successful being developed. And you see on the other side, the known PA3 kinase, AKT pathway, which can actually override MEC inhibitors. That's the reason when you see MEC inhibitors as a single-agent approach to VAS mutant, it will not succeed. Now, on the far right, you see TIAM, which is a very important gene indicating the role of VAS in immuno. Therapies. It's a T-cell invasion and metastasis gene. So it already shows us the connection between mutant VAS, activation of these pathways, and the impact of immunotherapies. So just looking at this heterogeneous signaling, you can understand that a single inhibitor of one of these pathways will be not successful. So what are the approaches to be more successful, to maybe look upstream at the mutations of KVAS with a hotspot particular in G12CD and V, a little bit less than G13D, as well as the exon-61. Structural biology is very important, and the conformation of the protein is different in each of these mutations requiring a different inhibitor to these specific mutations. I will show you examples that there is inhibitors of G12C, which does not work for the other hotspots. The other particular approaches is to look really at the effectors particularly the RAF kinases, and I will give you also some examples. The farnesyl binding proteins, particularly the farnaseal transferase inhibitors, and the phosphodiesterases seem to be a very important aspect because this is the one which interrupts the plasma membrane binding, the critical step to even be an effective RAS protein. The RAF kinases have been in the last the major focus of truck development. But you can see there are many family members, ABC, and the KSR 1 and 2 pathway. Now something very interesting is that KSR 1 and 2 are actually a factors of the estrogen pathway. So there may be a link into the female gender and outcome which has not very much been um, um, evaluated or looked at. So if you can interrupt RAS and raf you will be successful because this is an upstream event. But so far that has been very difficult. So many people try to develop inhibitors against the VAS binding domain, much less than the cysteine-rich domain. So what are the treatment approaches so far in place? Well, there are some interesting um, compounds which interfere with the binding um, of VAS to the plasma membrane, particularly the pharnicillation and There are preclinical data saying One inhibitor is not enough, so they are now combining both an inhibitor of the prenylation and the finalization. For GC12C, this is a very interesting mutation because it switches between GDP and GTP. So there is a compound which actually interacts with GDP and can interrupt the signaling of this mutant vase preclinical models very successful, it doesn't work in other mutations. It seems like logical to do just the pan vas inhibitor and there are some data with two compounds. One of them is in phase one clinical trials, but the data are still uh, pending if this is successful based on the specific conformation and interaction of each hotspot mutation. There is an inhibitor, and you heard it in previously, which was negative. This actually interacts with this RAL GDS and PA3 kinase pathway. But also the data have been very limited, so we do not know the success. Again, the redundancy and the adaptive features of this signaling pathway will be a major challenge. You saw SOS, that is in development, and I think maybe promising to look because that's the binding interaction of all the mutations with the GDP and GDP conversion. There's an interesting new fact that RAS needs to dimerize. So some of the new compounds look at the inhibition of the dimerization of RAS, which has shown in preclinical models to increase sensitivity to MAC, Again, highlighting you need a dual, at least a dual approach to be successful. To give you an idea how complex these data are, that Farnesyl transferase inhibitors are very successful for HVAS, but don't work for KVAS because of the differences of the protein post translation modification. So we need to be very careful how we develop inhibitors for mutant VAS because K, H, and S are not the same. But if HVAS is present in these cancers, you see significant uh, activity with farnesyl transferase inhibitors. So if you have the right target, you can inhibit signaling of HVAS, but remembering it does not work for all VAS mutations. So in the NIH initiative, there have been incredible progress made to establish preclinical models and you can see them all here to really identify new compounds um, in order to treat mutant-vast patients. One of these assays is actually the MEF assay, the mesenchymal embryon fibroblast screen, and you can see this. are... To done with Sanofi compounds and basically showed that MEC and ERK inhibitors did not do very well. Again, you now know the redundancy of this pathway will not allow very successful inhibition. But what came out was HSP90 inhibitors may be very differential to very specific RAS mutations. And when you look at the IC50 plots, you see that these two HSP90 inhibitors seem to do very well in KVAS mutation here tested in G12D, and these are now being evaluated in preclinical and early clinical trials. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel to see by specific screens that certain drugs may actually help us to treat this patient population. Now, this is a very important slide because it shows and should illustrate even when you inhibit mutant VAR signaling, the wild-type signaling is still there and can overcome the mutant signaling to make the story even more complicated. So you need to watch out for the wild-type VAR signaling in VAS mutant, when you inhibit the VAS mutant signaling, complicated. So you need to really be very smart to develop good treatment options. Frank McCormick's group, who is the lead of the NIH VAS initiative, just published a paper in Cell. And for the first time, he divided VAS mutations in two subtypes, in the KVAS subtype and in the ribosomal S60 kinase subtype. And they are completely different and maybe need differential treatments. The VAS subtype is what we would expect signaling in the VAS-MEC- ERK pathway. But new information is that this actually is more in the upregulation of genes in the epithelial phenotype. In contrast, the RSK subtype is more m2 and PA3 kinase and here you have more upregulation of the mesenchymal EMT pathway. So the first time we see now VAS mutations is not one group, but two potential groups which will help to develop specific treatments. So when we look at the CAS subtype, the varf mec dependency is important for drug development. And here we are seeing uh, potential signals with MEC inhibitors, such as traumatinib and selumetinib, alone or in combination. There are drugs which inhibit the downstream effector, which is ERK, in clinical trials. But all this data suggests you need combinations. MEC and ERK inhibitors seem to overcome the resistance seen in the early clinical trials with a single agent. There are some trucks looking at pan VAF inhibitors, as I mentioned, the interaction with the VAS mutant with the effector protein, and different inhibitors inhibiting VAF and MEC. Now there are some very exciting data on CTK4 and 6 and MEC inhibitors, and I will show you that maybe this will give us a better indication. This is in a KVAS, in N-RAS mutant cell line, and you can see single agent. Um, palpociclip and uh, tramatamide did not do anything. But combining, you see suddenly significant um, tumor shrinkage or cell death. And looking at many different cell types, you see it in mutant. It seems to really work well, except in the wild type, which makes actually some sense. So smarter inhibition on dual sides in this complex sickening pathway may be helpful, and CTK4 and 6 in combination with MEK inhibitors are now in clinical trials. This is one of the examples. This is an accrued GI trial which actually looks at mutant VAS colorectal cancer randomizing to TAS1 or 2 versus a combination with a CTK4 inhibitor and a MEK inhibitor. So this is now being um, um, developed, and we will see if there is a clinical effect as we have seen that in preclinical models. Now you all know the particular effect of egf inhibition and that you have emergencies of k mutations in the blood, and now particular trials have been developed for an emergent resistance with low allele frequency of VAS mutant to combine with a MEC inhibitor. So this is now ongoing at MD Anderson and as an, an NIH-funded clinical trials. So mechanical is here to overcome the resistance to EGF receptor. Now at ESMO in Madrid, there was an interesting finding, very small sample size, but I need you to figure that out because Kira's mutant, we think this is set in stone but we know it's not there is a molecular dynamic under treatment pressures and here in a small series from Dr Gassaniga, um, which was presented at ASMO and now published in a case report in the Journal of Clinical Oncology Precision Oncology showed 5 out of 10 patients identified as Kvas mutant treated with bevacizumab based chemotherapy lost their Kvas and some of these patients were treated with cetuximab with a partial response So I think we need to bigger figure out that when we check for KVAS mutations, we need to monitor for it because if it disappears here in liquid biopsy, that may open a new opportunity. We need to validate these findings, but keep our minds open that it does not only go in developing resistance, but losing genes responsible for resistance in the first place. So we also know that particular the RSK subtype is dependent on metabolic dependency, particular glycolysis. You can see KVAS or BVAS mutant have a significant upregulation of GLUT1 to get glucose in the cell. They have also high levels of reactive oxidative species, so can we take advantage of it? And the answer is yes. Easily. We can use vitamin C to inhibit clot one and actually attack the vulnerability of the cells depending on glucose metabolism. And we know in preclinical models it works. In clinical trials, pancreas cancer has shown partial responders with high dose intravenous vitamin C. But only in mutant, not in wild type. So this is now in a clinical trial uh, ongoing in the U.S. Our group presented for the first time that the glucose transporter and the vitamin C transporter was highly significant in the FHIR-3 trial. This was not even given vitamin C. The regulation of mutant with this transporter plays already a role without interfering, intervening, and that may be further reason to evaluate the role of vitamin C in mutant VAS. In fact, this transporter as a SNP was highly associated with the gene expression in the tumors. So we know this is for real how we take advantage. We need to be smart to develop clinical trials. This is the clinical trial with vitamin C. You know high doses, low doses do not do it. It's 1.25 grams per kilogram, three to four times a week, ongoing for pancreas and colon cancer. I'm finishing up with the New England Journal paper of the T-cell transfer target mutant ras, Only mutant VAS, not wild type. I told you about the TIAM gene and regulating T-cell um, activity. So here are the data linking VAS with the immune system. VAS signaling has an impact on TILS in the tumor. We know it regulates GM-CSF and it upregulates PDL1 on T cells. Again, T cell regulation. We know that TILS particularly recognize G12D, not all hotspots. And that this will allow a potential adoptive T cell transfer, which was shown by Dr. Rosenberg, but here you need to have the right HLA type. G12D are now being evaluated for special vaccines in combination with gm csf because this opens up the opportunity for T cell recognition. And combinations of MEG and pdl one have been shown today, not successful, you probably now know, why? It's not enough. So, what is so different with mutant k We actually did a large study on Fire 3 and TRIBE and Maverick. The biomarkers predicting outcome for mutant VAS are completely different than wild type. But when you look in this list, you can see TPK1 and you can see KSR2. These are the critical enzymes which actually pop up in lethal screens as most important factors associated with outcome in patients not treated with any inhibitors of RAS. But there are unique clues. Maybe we can develop better treatments. mlh one Activation seem to be very important for the efficacy of chemotherapy in Folferi-Beth, in mutant VAS. So DNA mismatch repair may play a role. Is that important? Or immune regulation, CCL2, one of the major factors for tumor-associated macrophages. Again, only positive in mutant, indicating again a link to the tumor microenvironment here, the tumor macrophages and not the T-cells. So there are unique opportunities we see in the clinic and preclinical models to develop a better treatment options. So what is the current view? You would probably agree with that, and here is kind of my take. So do we do in the future cetuximab when vast mutation disappear? Maybe. Data needs to be shown. In mutant BWAF, I think we all move with the BWAF inhibitors with cetuximab, and the MEK or Ivinutec in the first line. These trials are already ongoing. MSI high mismatch repair will move up. Uh, pdl one inhibitor will move into first line. So the whole shakeup will be very important. Are we doing the right thing right now? Is the treatment we suggest... Really effective. Well, there are interesting data. This is from Herb Herbert's, showing that the efficacy of bevazuzumab, our default, seemed not to work very well in mutant. You can see in the subset analysis it did not associate with overall survival, only wild type in the registration trial. When you look at the fire 3 data, you see higher response rate and high, a longer progression-free survival, but the overall survival in mutant versus wild type, BEF was the same than Zetuximab. When we look at other anti-VHGF, if this is BEF or VAMI or Alpha all have not shown significant activity in mutant VAS. So is anti-VHGF really our good default? I think we need to be really careful in the future. Does chemotherapy make a difference? Well, this data was already shown, but here I'm focusing on the green lines on mutant. Cremolini showed in mutant VAS, when you add oxalplatin to Folfiri, it did not matter. And when you add it on the other side to 5 a fu it did not matter. So our chemos are not very effective in mutant VAS as well as our antibodies. We really need a new approach. And here comes my conclusion VAS is the most common mutant oncogene and one of the most important targets we need to really be successful. New understanding of functions of VAS in the membrane, downstream signaling, and the metabolic dependency will allow us to to develop new successful treatments. However, the complexity, the redundancy, and the adaptive feedback in this complex pathway remains a significant challenge. Only combinations with novel inhibitors, which we discussed, will hopefully be successful. We need to understand biomarkers for mutants are different, and they may give us some clues for new novel targets, and we just need better treatments for mutant colorectal cancer. Thank you very much.